0: Welcome to Broad Ideas.
1: With Rachel Bilson.
0: And Wobby Wob and Olivia Allen. She introduced me to Gabby Bernstein as an author, a podcaster, motivational speaker, all of the things. And I was so taken by it. And even more
2: taken by her.
0: Well, yeah, because we talked to her today, and even more yeah. taken.
1: Which she took you guys.
0: She's rehearsed. Taken. Yep, taken. taken. I am Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, is, this he, is how it happens. This is how we do it. <laughs> Could not love her more after this conversation. Um, And I just, one of my favorites by far. Her books, The Universe Has Your Back, Super Attractor, Spirit Junkie.
1: Oh, Three of podcast? my favorite books. And, and her, and her podcast,
0: podcast, Dear Gabby. Also, her new app. Oh, yes, we got it.
2: You got to get it. You do, Rob. You're doing this with us. We didn't tell you. We're doing a 30-day situation. And everyone listening is going to do a 30-day situation with us. Yeah. Can't wait. Okay. May cause miracles. Let's have Gabby join us now. Sometimes when the world feels
1: insane,
2: you can take
1: a little peek inside of Rachel's little brain. All these thoughts are swirling round and round inside. To join us on this journey as we take a little ride. We'll talk about dogs and
2: kids and things. We'll talk about chicks and tampon strings. We'll talk about boys that make you cry. We'll talk about
3: death, cause people die.
0: We're so happy that you're here with us today. We've been dying to talk to you. Thank you so much for agreeing to be here.
3: <laughs> I was so psyched to get this invitation to be with you guys. And we've been trying to do it in person and we'll do it in person at some point. Yeah. We'll get, we'll definitely connect in person, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm really happy to be here and I love, I love these kinds of conversations. So, and I have a little bit of like a fan hitting me. So there's like a little Beyonce hair it. coming We up love it. Me. We
0: love to bring a little Beyonce. hot in New York, hot in New York. <laughs> Here comes my Beyonce. It's so good. Your hair is so good. Everything.
2: (laughs) I know. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Right back at you both.
0: But yeah, so, you know, we just, what we like to do here is just have the most open conversations, raw conversations, like create such a safe space to talk about everything. And obviously all the work you've done and you've put out there is so fucking awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It just really speaks to both of us, massively.
2: Massively, yep. I've been with you since the beginning. Um, really? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And you're my spirit animal. People will tell me all the time, they're like, you remind me, I'm like, of Gabby Bernstein <laughs> Like, it's, <laughs> like oh, oh, cool. it's a compliment, you know? Um, oh my, awesome. To me. Because you were the first person, at least in my experience, that came on the scene that had a spiritual aspect. I, too, am sober. And the spiritual aspect, but that's kind of a different breed that's very grounded down to earth. It feels like it could just be one of your friends. It's not out there in the ethers, which to me, you are the most digestible way to get the information.
3: Well, thank you for feeding back to me my mission, my intention <laughs> to demystify and translate and democratize spiritual principles and personal development. And so I'm glad that's your experience. That is my intention. Definitely. Well, we're done here. <laughs> we're, we're, we're complete. We're complete. <laughs> congratulations on your sobriety. You know, I'm, I'm, when this comes out, I'll probably be, I'm coming up on uh, 18 years. Wow. Wow. What's your, um, birthday,
2: your sobriety uh, birthday? October
3: 2nd, to October 2nd, first. 2005. You're the first? October 1st, 2010. Girlfriend, we need to have we need to celebrate. We need to celebrate. I'll wow. come. I'll come, I'll come have a I'll come out to LA or you come to New We'll do a celebration. I'm not kidding. I'm Whenever 100%. we meet. A hundred percent cake.
0: Wow. Yeah. How wild yeah. is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're big yeah. believers in all synchronistic like craziness mm-hmm. that keeps happening. But that's so cool. So mm-hmm. you're coming up. Do you say 18 years?
3: 18 years. Yeah. Wow. Wow it's crazy. That did you ever is. see that coming? I did. I see eighteen years coming, or did I see sobriety coming? I think that eighteen years. I think you probably had, if you're anything like me, you had an
2: in, intuition that that was going to be the thing that probably changed your yes. course.
3: Yeah, I I think that the the nice thing I think just to be able to fully experience right now as you asked me that, because I've never even thought about it this way. But the one day at a time mentality has had a massive effect on my life because I think it's every year that would go by, I'd be like, oh yeah, next day, not what's next year. And keeping it in the day and being in the presence of my personal growth and development year over year, my sobriety has just been an expectation. It's just, this is, this is a choice I make. This is, I don't have any permission given thoughts that would allow me to do anything otherwise. And so to now be at this sort of 18 year mark, almost two decades of recovery, it's like, wow, I really don't think that I ever really thought it forward that way. And that is a gift of some of the tools that we learn in recovery. Totally.
2: Wow. I think the one day at a time thing I would love to hear your experience with it, becoming a mom and what that process was like because I understood it intellectually one day at a time in my recovery, but then when I became a mom and went through some really eye-opening experiences, I grasped it for the first time that really-
3: Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> I can say the same. Uh, I'm, not sure if a, I'm not sure how similar our story is. But uh, when I gave birth to my son three and a half months later, I started having panic attacks and agoraphobia and insomnia and suicidal ideation. And it took me at least two months to get a proper diagnosis because I was so entrenched in the wellness world that I was trying to ashwagandha my way out of it or have, you know, a medium tell me that this was fine or whatever, or, you know, acupuncture. I had postpartum depression Yep, and it nearly took my life. And I, well, I'm actually happy to say like, I actually didn't have a plan for any kind of suicidal experience, but I had thoughts, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that's where it takes you. And I am super open about this because this is not something that people talk about. It's something that is extremely overlooked. Those of us who do have trauma in our history, addiction in our history, may be more prone to this type of experience, possibly. Uh, although, frankly, anyone is anyone could have postpartum. You could have the most perfect life and everything's easygoing. You know, here I was, I had... I had support at home. I was my husband and I worked from home. I could take off as much time as I wanted. I didn't have to worry about anything financially. Everything was set up and I was a disaster. Mm. And um, so that was really, I I have to agree with you, one day at a time became my mantra because it was really, what will I be able to get through this night without having being up all night? It makes me emotional. I I know, me too. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm a little dissociated from it in this moment. And if I wasn't, I would be very emotional because I, I have this other compartmentalized way of speaking about it because it is still so triggering inside of me. I know I have more work to do around that PTSD from that experience.
0: PTSD is such a thing. And I know, I mean, you know, I didn't experience um, postpartum, like I didn't have that, but just different traumas and things that stay with you and, But being able to compartmentalize and talk about it, you know, and even if it isn't fully healed, so to speak, but, but I think the most important thing is that you're talking about it so openly. And I love that you, you do, and you can, and saying that, that people feel like they can't be so open. And so many women I think would feel heard or seen or, you know, feel that support because there's a taboo sometimes with talking about anything that might be a struggle
3: Yeah, I think that's a big reason why I have been able to serve in the way that I do, because I serve through my own experience. Mm -hmm. If I haven't lived it, I won't teach it. And having the gift and the blessing of having living it and surviving it and thriving on the other side of it, I have the privilege of being able to speak for the unspeakable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's a huge blessing for me and for others because you only really learn through truth. You're not going to learn, you know, it's like you said it early on. If, if somebody's just bullshitting you, you're just going to be like, well, I kind of want to resonate with that, but I can't. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but if someone can. tells you the truth, yeah. But it's the truth that will heal others because they can see their own truth in that.
2: Right. And do you feel pressure? So I work with a lot of women doing coaching and Sometimes, and I've experienced this, that the most powerful way I can serve them is taking breaks and saying, I'm going through X, Y, and Z. I need to create this space in my life. And there is a certain level of humility that has to come with that because I think when you're in a service industry, when you're helping people, guiding people, facilitating people, I think that there's sometimes a pressure to have it all together all the time because so many people are looking to you to help them find the answers? Have you felt that kind of pressure? Did it make you want to hide? Did it make you want to share
3: more? What was that experience like? Hmm. I've had a lot of unique experiences of of, uh, sharing too soon, or one in in particular, sharing too soon. And then I've had other beautiful experiences of saying, I'm not going to talk about this until I feel like I'm on the other side of it. Hmm. And or, you know, in a in a grounded, healthy, unburdened way. Because the sharing too soon can not only be re-traumatizing for you, mm. but it will reactivate your client, your audience, your reader, whoever it might be. Because that energy and that resonance of your trigger still being on high alert and speaking of something that's painful will just activate that pain in the other. So those of us who are in the field of personal growth and development, we have to fucking do our work. And I'm going to say that fucking do our work because there are so many people out there in this space that just don't. So I want to just acknowledge you for that, that, that you're just saying like, yeah, I take breaks because when, when, when you're going to show up and be of service to others in any form, in any form, you got to take care of your side of the street first. Wow. Right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and
3: too many people don't. You know, there's too many people out there, sort of like the wounded healer. And, you know, it doesn't. It's damaging.
2: Well, it's damaging because, and then it becomes an ego tool for them in a way. And then it doesn't really bring other people to true healing. A hundred percent. That's right. What did you do during that postpartum to get help for
3: yourself? Well, once I hit bottom, you know, I finally hit enough of a bottom. And for me, my bottom was that wasn't it wasn't the suicidal ideation. It wasn't the sleepless nights for like 40 days. It wasn't any of that. It wasn't like the t- sheer terror of life. It was, I didn't sleep an entire night and I missed a speaking engagement. And I've been a speaker for almost 20 years, um, even beyond my recovery, I've been a motivational speaker and I have never missed a talk. You know, I showed up like one minute late to you guys and I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like I pride myself on being yeah. on time, professional, early My producer is sitting across me He's going, mm-hmm. <laughs> Josh, yeah. if you can see his face he's like, uh-huh. <laughs> no, we, we show up, right? Josh, you know, we are on time and we are professional. And some a lot of that has to do with my recovery, right? Yes. When you get sober, you get timely. When you get sober, <laughs> you get, you know, you, 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 you don't, you want to make up for all the times you didn't show up. Right. Right. And so The the big bottom for me was I didn't sleep the whole night. I called my the event producer and I was like, I I literally can't come. Yeah. And that's when I finally called my therapist. No, excuse me, I called the psychiatrist friend and I said, I I have to get help. And immediately he put me on the phone with a postpartum psychiatrist in New York City. And then within five minutes of meeting me, she diagnosed me with postpartum depression, anxiety, and insomnia, and gave me a prescription for a medication that saved my life. Yes. Wow. Yeah, And, you know, I was brought up homeopathic. I'd never wow. fulfilled a prescription at the pharmacy. I literally walked in with my husband and I was like, what am I doing? You know? <laughs> and, and then, you know, then it's like this, this life-saving experience. And yeah. there is a really, really important place for medication in this world. And so much of the wellness space just shames it. Mm. And I have tried to be the antidote to that because I've seen so many people I know personally so many people in our dialogue in our space and the wellness, wellness world that are like not getting the proper treatment that they need yeah. because of some bullshit inner dialogue that it's just God is in the medication. Uh,
2: great. I say that all the time. God is in the medication. It saved my life after having my son. Like I went into postpartum anxiety. And after how many years, I don't remember, I had been sober. Having him activated an obsession to drink. Like, oh, yeah. I went into oh, yeah. An obsession mm-hmm. to drink. Mm-hmm. And when I finally got on that medicine, I can say it 100% saved my life and it saved my family yeah. and it saved my son and it saved every single one of us. And God is in the
3: medication. Yeah, we have a lot of comments and stuff. Yeah, yeah, we do. I know. I'm like, It's <laughs> like a, I'm ping-ponging. Just to you guys. <laughs> I'm like, huh? We just went right there. We just, Listen, we're just like sat down, sober people. It's a funny thing. you know. I was talking to a girlfriend and she was like, Gabby, you'll get this. She's like, she has like a little bit of social anxiety. And she's like, I went to this, um, you know, play date with some parents. It was like a birthday party for kids. And she's like, I was nervous. I have social anxiety. She's like, but then I got there and I found out that like three people there were sober. And she was like, boom. It was like my family was there. There, and you know, and it really is one of the gifts of sobriety is that it's such a shared um, experience that you can, in five minutes, meet someone and be like, "Oh yeah, you're my fa- you're, you're my family. We yeah. have, we have a, you're me. I recognize myself in you." Yeah,
2: yeah it's such beautiful. a gift. I tell Rachel that all the time because she's not an addict at all, like never has been. <laughs> but for some reason, she's the closest to addicts. You know? Yeah, all my best friends Ooh. are And I'm like, I wish there was a program for people that aren't addicts that got to have these kind of tools that you get in recovery because where else are you going to get them unless you're going to read your books or do those kind of things? You have to do it more, find it on your
3: own, right? Well, not anymore. They can find it in the Gabby coaching app. That's what I mean. (laughs) I'm
0: saying if they go to places...
3: I'm so proud to say that. Yeah. yeah, It's actually, it's it's (laughs) kind of fun. It's kind of funny actually that you said it that way because for forever, I was always like, what, where is like, I want to be that, that 12 step room for people who don't find that have the privilege of finding their way to 12 step. Right. Mm. I want to be, I want to be that personal growth resource to the people that may not have hit as low of a bottom as I have. And that that has happened year over year through. I have ten books that have just given that gift to people, but now I have all of my my life's work inside of this app, which is just 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 released, and it's it's just so thrilling to be like, oh yeah, you want me to be your coach? You want me to 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 be with you anywhere, anytime? You know, offer you weekly lessons and new meditations, plus like archives of lectures and meditations. And then on top of that, I have this section that you'll appreciate. It's kind of like me as your sponsor. It's the Get Gabby section. And it it is. It's sort of like being like a best friend or a sponsor. It's like having me on speed dial. Like in the Get Gabby section here, I'm going to pull it up. In the Get Gabby section, it's got these different scenarios that you might find yourself in. And here, this is the Get Gabby section. You can see a little bit on the screen. Mm -hmm. And it's like super anxious. And then you press the button and I give you a two minute Anxiety. And I'm like literally like, mm-hmm. I got you. I'm downloading Let's the be app together immediately. I, I'm I'm <laughs> gonna get you guys in there right in right in, and can't sleep, two minute practice. Angry, hurt, stuck in negative thoughts, needed a miracle, yes. can't make a decision, super triggered, need a confidence boost, feeling unsafe, stressed, want to keep manifesting. That was a big one. Like Ooh. people are manifesting, but they're like, How do I keep my manifesting going? Yes. You know. Um, struggling with food. I'm keep adding these. We just put one in for Kelly Redbud and Mark Consuelo because I did a they just started the show together and it was like building trust was the episode was the segment I did with them and mm-hmm. so for the episode I put this build trust one in there. You know, and it's like Amazing. trusting after meetings. Yeah. Yeah. So I I'll add one for you guys. You Just put in your request. I'll put it in. Oh yes. my yes. god. we I have I so many. Maybe a mom in one my pocket? I know. It's okay. Yes, I will literally be your coach in your pocket. And it's such a blessing because I've, I've for so many years been like, Oh yeah, you know, read that book or try this thing, but it's a, it's a heavier lift. Now you can just go to the, you know, go to the app store, go to deargabby.com slash app, you know, just click a button and you have me as your coach. And this is, it's a, it's a big moment for me to be able to feel as though I can have a much larger contribution. It's incredible. It
0: is incredible. I mean, yeah. And there's so many times throughout the day where I'm like, oh, I just, I need a little guidance with these thoughts or these fears or, you know, things that keep, cre- my your mind is such a fuck. You know what I mean? And I'm like really so is. many times throughout the day. And I know, and I know all this, but even if you have the awareness, I still need guidance, you know? Cause like, I haven't perfected every tool or, you know, know how to, manage the thoughts all the time because sometimes it can be all-encompassing and whatnot and just but to be able to have access to some things that might resonate and help and guide I think it's massive and it's huge. Broad Ideas is supported by Factor. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef prepared dietitian dietician-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, you'll eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. I love that everything is prepped for me. I don't have time to think. During the week, especially with school and work, the podcast, Factor has made my life so easy and so delicious. So if you're too busy this fall to cook but want to make sure you're eating well, with Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back to crushing your goals. Head to Factormeals.com slash Ideas50 and use code Ideas50 to get 50% off. That's code Ideas50 at Factormeals.com slash Ideas50 to get 50% off. We are supported by Spider Grip. Ho, ho, hold your phone and never drop it again with Spider Grip. The phone grip that won't slip. Looking for that perfect gift to buy this holiday season? Well, look no further. It's time to grip the freedom. Spider Grip rotates 360 degrees, props up as a stand, and even lays flat, locked in place. Just ask the big man in red. There's no reason to drop your phone in that green bean casserole. You need a phone grip that's made in the USA by the elves at the North Pole. You'll be so pleasantly surprised with just how comfortable it is. Spider Grip's also functional and durable, and it's great for adults and for kids. So don't wait any longer. There's not a better time than now. Fill those stockings up with Spider Grip. It's the best phone grip around. Just head on over to spidergrip.com and share a little love. When it comes to phone grips, Santa will tell you that Spider Grip is number one. That's spidergrip.com, S-P-I-I-D-E-R, G-R-I-I-P dot com. Two eyes in spider and two eyes in grip. Use code IDEAS at checkout and get 30% off and free shipping. Happy holidays from Spider Grip.
3: You know, when I was early in my recovery, I remember there was this guy, Joel. And he was like a decade into sobriety and he had this like great apartment in the meatpacking where I am right now. And like, he was like, you know, the guy, you know, the cool guy in AA. And it was like, he was just cool. And I, I said to him, I'm like, Joel, how did you get there? Like from, you know, the 10 years ago, being a junkie to being in this great place. And he looked at me and he said, lots of little right actions. Yeah, And. I have quoted that dude like a million times (laughs) who knows where he is in the world. And one day, maybe he'll hear something like this, but it was, it was such a profound thing. And so Rachel, to your point, it's like having these small right actions that you can take. Cause even with the biggest, you know, breadth of information practice, we still need to build the muscle that says, I'm going to choose again. I'm going to choose again. I'm going to choose again. And so knowing it's there in your app or seeing a little, you know, affirmation be pushed notification to you might just turn your whole day around and otherwise might've been really a big struggle.
0: Right. It's like the littlest things. And, you know, it's so funny like the synchronicities in life that, pop up. It's like your affirmations will pop up and it does the same thing. Like driving in my car the other day, I was was having this really negative thought and there was like a sign painted on this random house that spoke exactly to what I was struggling with and turned it around for me. So it was just like this little message, Yeah, Yeah. you know? And like, if you just pay attention to those things in life
2: and you're open to them. It is so important to have all of these little reminders and tricks and tools I spoke with my husband this morning about gratitude and he was saying like, well, I know all of these things and I know that I'm grateful for this and that and the other, but sometimes I forget. And I'm like, obviously that's why it's called a gratitude practice. Because we all forget. It's like we all have amnesia and we need these little things to remind us to remember all day long.
3: Mm. Yeah. And I'm proud to say that the repetition of that thinking creates a, new way of living. Mm. There's a beautiful quote from this metaphysical text called The Course in Miracles. And the quote is, there's a way of living in the world that is not here, though it seems to be. You do not change your appearance, but you smile more frequently, and your eyes are soft and your forehead is serene. And that is the, the living truth of what it means to recondition your fear thoughts into the truth of who you are, which is these more hopeful, optimistic, solution-seeking thoughts that are backed with love. Mm. And that is where we came from, and we detoured away from it, and it's a lot of work to get back. And when we get back, we just repeat it. We repeat it, and we repeat it, and we repeat it, and we reinforce it.
2: Yep. We need to repeat it more, then we repeat the negative because the the negative is on loop, right? Mm -hmm. And if your subconscious mind is just going, then you need to counteract it with like over-repeating it and over-repeating it until it becomes that new muscle
3: memory. (laughs) And that's the thing is you can train optimism. You can. And I think that there's a lot of power in affirmations. There's a lot of power in meditation. There's a lot of power in prayer. There's a lot of power in the repetition of new thoughts. But what's most powerful about those directive thoughts or prayers is that they actually open up your conscious awareness to seek greater service and help. Mm. Because I do believe, I'm, I'm, I'm different than some spiritual teachers and that I don't I don't think it just stops at the affirmation. I don't think it stops at the brain trick. I think it begins there. And then that opens up your consciousness to, oh wait, maybe it is time for me to go into that trauma healing therapy, or maybe it's it is time for me to pick a book, a book like Happy Days, Gabby's Trauma Book, or you know, whatever it might be to take you to the next layer of your healing. Right. So for me, the spirituality has always been the through line behind my recovery. And the therapy has been like almost like the juggernaut that just exploded my, my healing process.
0: Wow. I, so I grew up, my mom is very spiritual and I grew up and she would have all these exercises and like in the morning she'd be like, you got a chant? Yes, yes, yeah. You know, like all that stuff and doing a visualizing a stop sign in your mind. Like you're telling yourself to stop when you're thoughts go negative, everything. And I've been brought up this way. But for some reason, I haven't been able to fully embrace all of that, the spiritual side. And I do practice it. And But there's something inside in my brain that like won't let me fully embrace and practice. And I don't know, do you have any thoughts or advice or anything that someone that's like totally in tune with it, but there's something... That doesn't let me fully embrace it. I think a lot
3: of folks that have the spiritual side or the spiritual inclination or the or the experience of a mother like yours, that's how my, I've developed my spiritual practice from my mom as well. I think that we often forget the world that we live in. And the world that we live in is the opposite of thinking with the thoughts of love and spirituality and a god of your own understanding the world we live in is problem fault finding it's trauma it's chaos it's it's just so much of the opposite so the desire that you have and the inclination that you have to go there is 90% of it mm-hmm. then i think you're just at this precipice of the full blown experience right so There's one thing to think it and believe it and want it. And that's really, like I said, the willingness and the desire is the most important. And you've nailed that. You've always had that, I imagine. But the experience is what locks it in. And so maybe it's practicing like a spirit guides meditation with me on my app, right? Or uh, it's going into that space, like a group meditation or uh, the two of you sitting in meditation together. And listening and grounding. Because it's, you know, it's it's super, it's like these days it's kind of trendy to be like, you know, manifesting and spiritual. And that that's a like, you know, we were we were brought up with that, or we got sober, or we got whatever. But it, it these days, like a lot of folks are just talking the talk. But the full blown experience of it is what I believe keeps you wanting more. Right. And it's like a felt sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And even if it's for a split second, right? So let's say like you're, you, you, you commit to one meditation for 40 days and maybe one day out of that 40 days, you have this moment where your extremities start to tingle and you start to feel really like not even out of your body, but just not a body. Like you're just in space Mm -hmm. and you're just feeling this just full blown presence and peace. And even if it's for just a moment, that's what I call spiritual proof. It's something that will bring you back wanting more. Right. right? And so, my only advice would probably be simply sit still longer mm-hmm. and daily. Mm-hmm. Why don't we do one of
2: her 40 day meditations together and we can invite anyone who wants to join us into
3: it? Yeah. Absolutely. That would be beautiful. I think the one of the meditations from the app, I would, let me see. Like, let, me, let me pull you, you one. You tell randomly. us what you let's think see. would be the most beneficial. Let's bit. see, let's see. That would be it's so cool. I could like, changing. you know, just spin the wheel and see which one we want to get. <laughs> Josh <laughs> is Okay, so you go to the discover section of the app and there's, look at all these meditations. It just goes and goes and goes. I don't know if you guys can see it on there. Anyway, it just goes and goes and goes. I want to say, let me just pick one intuitively for you guys. ooh, ooh. Oh, I'm kind of conflicted. Um, I really like, there's a meditation in here. God, I want them all for you. Oh my God, they're all so good. Riding the waves of emotions. Where are you? Oh God, you know what? Yeah, riding the waves of emotion. This was like a meditation that I channeled for myself. Like I was just in, in my own meditation and I saw... I was having such big feelings. and I was just like, okay, Gabby, just breathe into those feelings and release them. And so much of working through something is not overriding the feeling, but it's about just being present with the feeling and then letting it release. And so I was just visioning and I was breathing in and letting it go. And then I saw myself in this really wide open beach where no one was there. It was like the perfect temperature, like 78 degrees. And it was like not a cloud in the sky. And there was like soft waves coming at me. And I saw myself witnessing the wave come towards me and i took a deep breath and i felt the feeling of the feeling and then on the exhale i dove into the wave and then i came out the other side with the feeling released and then i would take another deep breath there and then slowly another wave came at me and i would dive into that wave and i like was i came out of that meditation i was like that was fucking awesome. <laughs> and so I immediately recorded it and it's become one of the meditations in the app. It's like, I don't know, this was like six years ago I recorded that meditation. Oh my God. I mean, I've re-recorded it since. It is so gorgeous and it is such a beautiful visualization mm-hmm. meditation too. And it just offers you so much relief. So I would say ride the waves. Yeah. Ride the wave of emotions. Yeah. We should do days, a guys. challenge, yeah, like a
2: 40-day for sure. commitment because. I think that would be a game changer for both of us. And I want to compliment you on something that I love so much about you. And I think it's that there's such a disconnection in a sense from your work and you. Like you, you're you able to share and see that it's so dope and it's so amazing and it's so – and I feel that when people are able to do that is because there's such a clear awareness that it has nothing to do with them. Yeah. Like, you channeled that shit. And so you get to be like, right? How cool is that? (laughs) You know? And that's my favorite kind of creator is the ones that know, like, this just came through me. I'm sharing it with you. And you have that in a way that I really look up to and I think is a beautiful beautiful quality
3: i appreciate that we all have it we all have the ability to to get in the flow um you know rachel maybe uh acting you may have had moments where you're feeling like your fingers are you know like you're just sort of like taken over a bit Mm -hmm. and feel like it's just flowing Mm
0: -hmm.
3: in those moments or when you're coaching you're just flowing you know there's 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 when we're in our art, we often are kind of sprung with these experiences of just letting go and allowing. And for me, it's like when I'm writing or if I'm speaking or just even doing meditations, you know, like I said, Josh, my producer is here. We don't script any meditations. We're just like, let's do a meditation for forgiveness. I close my eyes. We're in an ISO booth and I just give the meditation. And and to your point, it's a collaboration. I believe in spirit guides. I believe in angels. I believe that I have a posse of, of, of entities that work with me, infuse ideas through me. And I know this because I can hear it and I can see it and I can feel it physically. And it's a collaborative effort. And I see myself as a vessel through which that, me- that message comes through. Now, I'm 44 now, or well, 43 until November. Okay, I'm not thinking <laughs> of myself yet but I started this career at 25 now at 25 was I like, Oh yeah, I'm fucking cool. You know, like, (laughs) like, I like, like check out my outfit. Yes. But it was, it was like, you know, maybe it was like 60, 40, you know, like, like like 60% in spirit, 40% in the body. And then just as the years have gone on the, the like being about me is sort of dissolved and it's like, yeah, I am going to have fun being me. I'm going to have fun in this world, but I'm not, I, but I don't need any of this to make me complete. I need to do my work to complete my life mission. Mm. And I mean that. I mean that. Yeah. That's a lot. (laughs) 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 I'm just (laughs) like... we can also talk about fashion too you know I really like tell. <laughs> you know, I mean your style is on point um
0: but you know what so you know I know you talk a lot about manifesting and all of that and what I find interesting is this speaks to me being like oh I can't fully you know get into whatever I manifest like a motherfucker yeah it's not like I put so much into it. It just kind of happens. My mom's always like, you're so fucking powerful and you don't use it or practice it, you know. But the whole man, like you said, it's like very like trendy, quote unquote, like oh to manifest and whatever, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but it's a real thing. And what in your life, like w- how did manifesting become such a thing and how do you use it and what is your practice with it?
3: Well, first of all, you said something really profound. You said, I manifest like a motherfucker. And then you said, <laughs> That's mm-hmm. so profound. and then, and then you said, without even trying, without even trying, you nailed it. <sighs> That's it. True manifesting is being, it's it, being in joy, doing things you love. setting intentions on positive visions of what it is that you desire. But most important, not trying. Mm. You know, I was working on a creative project yesterday. and You remember this. I said at one point, somebody said something like, "Um, well, we can make that happen. I said, let's not make anything happen. Let's just enjoy this. Um, I think my publicist even said in the same day, she said to me like, oh, I'll push for that. I said, Sarah, please make sure that whenever you're pitching me, you're never pushing.
2: I love it. <laughs>
0: right. I love
3: because it. I literally did a course like 15 years ago, and it was called God is My Publicist. <laughs> <laughs> <Amazing>. <laughs> because when you're pushing, what's happening? You're like, is that sexy? Is pushing, um, when someone's pushing you to do something, does it make Ugh. you want to do it? Never, Mm-mm, ever. No, and it's the same with the universe. It's the same with the energy. It's, it's when we're pushing, we're blocking. When we're allowing, we're actually opening our, our heart and our presence to be attuned to what the next right action could be. Mm. And so, so continue what you're doing, Rachel. Don't change anything. Just keep allowing. Mm just, just don't change anything. Don't, don't mess with it. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're, you just keep it going. You can use in the Gabby coaching up. Um, want to keep manifesting, want to keep manifesting. And you know what the prompt there is? Get into joy, fill it in your heart, you know, feel that grace in your body and your presence and be in that joyful expression of what you desire. That's it. Broad Ideas is supported by
0: Blissey. So I've been sleeping on this Blissy pillowcase, and let me tell you, I did not know that a pillowcase could feel so good and make such a big difference in my life. It's time to upgrade your sleep with Blissey's award-winning 100% Mulberry Silk pillowcases. The holidays are just around the corner, and if you're looking for the best gift you can give, look no further than a Blissey Silk pillowcase. Silk is honestly the most luxurious gift to give your friends or family. These are the perfect gift for any occasion. Plus, it comes in gift-ready packaging they'll be sure to love. Give yourself the gift of Blissey today, and you'll want one for every room of the house. I love my Blissey pillowcase. My hair tends to get a little frizzy, but after sleeping on Blissey pillowcases, I have smooth, manageable hair. It's amazing. Also, my daughter, when I let her use it, no knots. Blissy Silk Pillowcases are the best silk pillowcases on the market. They have a ton of different prints and colors, and they make great gifts because there's an option for literally anyone. Men love them too. They have over 1.5 million raving fans, and you could be next. Try now risk-free for 60 nights at blissey.com rachel and get an additional 30% off. That's b-l-i-s-s-y dot com rachel and use code rachel to get an additional 30% off. Give yourself the gift of a good night's sleep with Blissey.
2: I have a question on that. So my therapist said something that I thought was beautiful because I was saying something. I was like, well, I don't want to think that way because I don't want it to go bad. And she said, there's a lot of misinformation out there about manifesting. She said, you cannot manifest in the negative. You can only manifest when it's in connection to your highest self. And Mm. uh, outside of that, you can have negative thoughts that lead to negative actions but that is not manifesting. And I was Mm. like, that changed everything for me because so many times people will be like, well, if you think that bad things are gonna happen. right?" And it's like, it shifted things for me because I was like, oh no, that's just the mind thinking. My job is to shift the thinking and not take action from that negative space, right? And that true manifesting has to be in alignment with my highest good. I would love to hear your thoughts on that.
3: Yeah. I, I really appreciate that. I think that a lot of people get scared. Like if I say that, or I think that yeah. it's, look, you know, what we put out, we do receive back. So if we're constantly walking around in our life being like, I suck, this sucks, people don't want to support me. You know, we all have these little like mini mantras for me year for years. It was like, nobody can support me. Nobody can support me. I only really have begun to kick that story uh, recently, very recently, it's like a, it had to be like a nervous system adjustment. Mm. And as a result of sort of doing so much therapy around that belief system, that it's a core belief system from an exiled child part of me that didn't get the support that I needed, experienced trauma, and built up a story that said, I have to do it to be safe. And so, you know, I lived with it until 43 years. Now, for the very first time in my life, I'm starting to truly see that release. And so I do believe that yes, we 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 manifest what we believe. So it's not just a thought that we have, it's a belief. Right. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes those thoughts become so repetitive and so ingrained or they're thoughts that have been we've been carrying around for decades that they've become beliefs. Mm-hmm. And those beliefs express an energy and that energy creates more of its likeness. So It's not that we have to be afraid of that. It's that we have to be aware of that. Right. right? That we manifest what we believe. So we're noticing, and for decades I've been witnessing, oh, Gabby, there you go again. You know, you just lost your shit there because things felt out of control or, you know, you needed to step in there and override people and do all the work because you didn't trust they could do it or whatever that story was. Instead of blaming myself or shaming myself I would witness that part of me with compassion. I would bring that part of me to my therapy. I would listen, what do you need? And develop a safer and safer and safer inner world so that I could get to the place where that part of me doesn't have to be on such high alert all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Now the result, very recent result, is a manifestation of the opposite, a new belief system. I have a belief system now where I'm like, no, no, no. like people help me. Like I am here to do good work and I want the world to support me, whether it's in my home with, you know, my son's nanny helping me out, or it's my team helping me out or today, you know, and I was like, there's construction in my apartment and I'm not in the country and I'm here in the city. And Josh just like whirls around and comes here and we, you know, get in the space and he's got it all set up for me. It's like, that is a reflection of me being in the receptivity of the new belief system. Wow. That's it. that's it. Even the people we've hired, even the people we've hired in the last three months reflect that, don't you think? I'm looking at him. Yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. our, my, my, like Josh, our relationship is a reflection of that. Like this man, I manifested Josh. It's a really cool story, which I can tell you. Yeah, tell us. Um, Want to hear it? Yeah. Okay, here we go, Josh. Yeah, I'm gonna we tell live this story. for this shit. <laughs> so, um, and truly these manifestations wouldn't come into form if I wasn't a match for them. Right? right. So all that inner work puts you into a new place of inner sense of safety. That sense of safety sends out a message to the universe. I'm okay. I'm safe. I believe I deserve more than what I previously believed. And then that starts to become reflected back to you effortlessly, effortlessly. Okay. Which is another testament just to Rachel, you may have a lot of good, strong core beliefs about yourself and it's, it, it's very possible. Like, you know, you, like that, and that is a, a huge part in why you may effortlessly manifest. Just mm-hmm. want to acknowledge that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank your mom for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> um, so Josh and I, so I, I, I put out a a request, um, like an, an add on the online for a CMO position. And um, I was just like, kind of like wanting to manifest this, this person to come in and just like take over And I was in Machu Picchu giving a talk. And actually, that was the manifestation in itself. Yeah. Like two decades (laughs) ago. Yeah, exactly. Like two decades ago, I remember seeing this picture of Machu Picchu in the New York Times. And I was like, oh, my God. Like there was like a a hole there. And I was like, I need to be there. Like I have to be there. And never went, never went. And then I got an invitation to go give a talk to a group at the base of Machu Picchu, like at the, at like the base camp. And I was like, done, like (laughs) bring it on. My husband (laughs) went with me. It was epic. And a very close friend of mine was there and she's actually, she happens to be a psychic medium. And we sat down to have a coffee one morning at the base of Machu Picchu in this little cafe. And it's like super vibey and like really vibrational. (laughs) It's kind of crazy. And all of a sudden she just starts channeling for me and telling me all this stuff that's coming. And she's like, I just keep seeing this guy and he's like a little older than you are. And he's, you know, um, he's, he's got just like this energy and he's tall and he like she just describes this guy. And she's like, he's like a producer manager. He's like producing you. And like, he's the guy that's like making sure that your lipstick looks good before you walk out on stage. But he's also like running the shit about, of the show. You know, he's like running. And I was like, Oh my God, like, where is this guy? And she's like, I keep hearing like JJ, and she kept hearing JJ, JJ. And I was like, how is he going to come into my life? She's like, he's just going to show up. Like, you don't have to look for him. Just like, just trust. And I'm like, where the fuck is this guy? Like, I loved, I loved hearing about him. And so a month or two later, a job, a, a resume comes in to my people ops guy, and it's like, And, you know, it shows some of his resume and he had had some experience working in a a familiar area in my field. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, let's talk to that guy. So I meet him for a coffee. And within five minutes, I'm like, oh, no, this isn't my CMO. I'm like, this is the fucking guy. Like, I'm sitting there, like, knowing (laughs) that. And I think, and he's with me. Did I tell you that day what happened? No, I didn't. Okay. So, so then. At one point, so there's a few weeks in between before we like, you know, we're doing the dance of interviewing and the team is interviewing and he goes off to LA and he's having um, his sort of like um, eat, pray, love moment in between jobs and whatever. And he he is on the plane to LA and he's like, you know, universe, like show me a sign if this is my thing. Like, I really want this, but like, I need to just get a sign. Gets off the plane. He rents his, goes to like a rental car place that he would always go to. I don't know why the hell you Ubering, but okay. He gets off <laughs> his rental car, rental car place. And he, he gets turned around a little bit and he looks up at this sign on a billboard and there was graffiti over the billboard. And the graffiti said, she sees your greatness. I just got chills. <laughs> Cookie. I call him cookies. Okay. <laughs> then, so then we get a little closer. I'm about to offer him the job. And I'm like, so did anyone call you like J R? His name is Josh Rosenswag. So anyway, he's like, no, my family calls me J D, Joshua David. And I was like, the JJ. Like that's the thing. And it was just like put the nail in the coffee. You know, it was just like such a beautiful, synchronistic wow, you know, came to came into my world. And it was almost like she needed to, to tell me that. So that I could be on the lookout right. for it, right? Right. you know, looking for a different role, well, I probably would have hired you anyway because I just loved him. And but it's like it's like uh, and and this is like he's my creative partner, and he's producing my podcast, and we're going to produce this show together. I mean, there's just tons of things, and and he's also like, yeah, I'm going to show up and bring you my computer because you forgot yours in the country, and you know what <laughs> right. you know what I mean. So yeah, it's like it's um, and then, you know he's looking at me right now, and he's like. My biggest, He's my biggest fan. <laughs> 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 oh my you should God. see his face. It's so sweet. Um, here, I'll, I'll show you. I, I, yeah,
0: yeah, I was to say, can him? we see him? Hi, Josh. Hi. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. She's so
3: cute. So That's cute, so cute. So yeah. cute.
0: I love that. You know, yeah. I've had experiences in my life similar to that with like those kind of things, like when I was going to have my daughter this woman like saw everything. And then exactly what she said happened. And I'm just so into all of, all of those things.
3: I'm all about it. Yeah. (laughs) The signs and, and you can start doing that. You know, I have a book called super attractor Mm -hmm. and it's all about, you know, manifesting it's methods for manifesting. And you can start doing that on a, on a regular, right. Uh, and so much of the app is all about manifesting and we've got like challenges in the app. So January is the manifesting challenge and thousands of people inside this app are all going to go through that 21 day manifesting challenge together. And it's, you know, it's just, it's just sort of like the energy and the momentum around knowing that you're not alone in the, in the journey of it. Right. It's kind of epic. Yeah. yeah.
2: And what do you do with people with their belief systems? The one thing... Like there's certain beliefs that I've held for a really long time that I've really been working recently on shaking and transforming into new beliefs. And I think one of the hardest things with belief system is that when you have it so firm in place and then reality then starts to mirror it, right? And you're like, see, told you because that's what you see right? So it could be a belief like I'm too old or, you know, it should have happened by now or any of these kind of like old belief systems that people have. What would be your guidance on, because you can repeat I'm the perfect age or everything is right now, but if you don't get it on that level where you actually believe it, how do you get people to actually believe in a new belief system?
3: Okay. So here's the whole new wave of the breadth of my work that I've moved into at this stage of my career. And, you know, all of my books leading up to this point have been very prescriptive. So it's not just like, think it, think it, think it, it's like, you know, feel into the feelings and, um, you know, re, re, you know, really giving people practices for undoing belief systems. But um, my latest book was called Happy Days, where I started to introduce more therapeutic practices, because really uh fear based belief system typically comes from an unresolved trauma and it's it's trauma with a big t or trauma with a small t it really doesn't matter mm-hmm. it could be the boy that told you you were stupid in 6th grade that made you never really trust your you know that you're smart and just made you think about creative things but not some, you know nothing intellectual or it could be, you know, something very extreme, like a, you know, a huge traumatic event of, you know, abuse or whatever that might be. Uh, it's not to say that one trauma might not be far more uh, uh, debilitating mm-hmm. for one person because it so affects your nervous system in such a way. But they both have the same effect, which is that they create a, these traumas create a belief system, and. <clears throat> So I wrote this book, Happy Days. And in Happy Days, I teach a lot of the different therapeutic methods that I've used to undo these belief systems. And the most important that I went on to get trained in, which is a therapy called internal family systems therapy, IFS. And I'm actually writing my 10th book all about IFS. And so the thesis is that we all have these exiled parts of ourselves. The exiles are the little kids that were traumatized. So it could be the little girl who was sexually abused, or it could be the, the little boy who was told he was stupid or, you know, didn't get the attention that they needed. And so as a young child, we don't have the ability to, or, the, or literally like the brain capacity to find a sense of safety in those experiences or process them and if we don't have a healthy attachment figure mm-hmm. like a parent or a loved one to help us process it it becomes a truncated belief it sort of get it gets stuck in our psyche mm-hmm. and that's what in IFS we would call an exile and so what happens very quickly is these young little exiles from our childhood start to get managed we start to manage them. And we manage them at a young age, you know, eating a lot, or we manage them by raging, we manage them by watching YouTube, or we manage them by just, just, you know, being perfect, like the perfect little girl. And we manage and we manage. We start to build up these other parts that are called managers. They're protectors, they're protection mechanisms. And when those managers stop working, like for me, the manager was like relationships or overeating and when those managers stopped working in my 20s the next extreme manager the next extreme protector was the firefighter and the firefighter was the cocaine and the alcohol yeah and it's the it's whatever i can do to put out the flames of that exiled trigger i can't manage it anymore you know my controlling manager is not working right now or my you know freak out manager is not working so i'm going to go pick up the cocaine yeah and so we live in this cycle of young parts inside of us that are constantly at odds with one another. They're extreme. They're they're oftentimes our managers are like the majority of the way we live, right? Like super controlling or like you know super super like high alert or OCD or whatever it might be. And then the exiles are like, I got to pick up that drink the second that that thing isn't working. And so. From an IFS perspective, we've got all these little children inside of us, exiles, managers, firefighters. And the way that we can heal those exiles is by befriending these protectors Mm. and helping these protectors find (laughs) peace. And how do we do that? We all have within us self with a capital S. And self is calm, compassionate, connected, courageous, it's creative. It's all these C qualities. Confident, and self is like the internal parent. Self is who shows up when you're, you know, if your your kids having trouble. It's self. That's like I'm going to lend you my calm. I'm going to lend you my compassion. Mm-hmm. And we all have self, but most of the time we live in these managers and we've forgotten about self. And so, the book I'm writing is called Self Help. Love it, and it's it's making IFS self help. Yes, and it's helping people recognize these parts of themselves wow. and helping them start to connect to the self within and to de- develop a relationship between self that self adult resourced, calm, creative, compassionate energy, and then these manager parts that need to be given a break. Mm. They need to relax. They need to be let off the hook. yeah now, if someone's like, "Oh, that sounds really good," you know, yes, read the book. But then the next step is IFS therapy because the 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 deep work of like going and retrieving those exiles and bringing them back to safety—that's not what I'm going to be doing in my book. Like, I want to talk to the masses. I want to get people into that dialogue with their inner parts. Yeah. But then that deeper, like, go oh, let's go save those exiles—that—that that I would really recommend you do with a therapist, with an IFS mm-hmm. therapist. Mm-hmm. And, um, so so the answer is is that we can change, you know, some limiting beliefs by, by repeating and changing new patterns for sure. If they weren't exiled beliefs, they're just something that we picked up along the way, and we're just like, you know what, I want to work that out with a new belief system. But an exiled belief deserves more than just a reframe. Agreed. An exiled belief is a little child that is fucking terrified mm-hmm. and it is buried in the dark and it has been pushed down and shut down for decades. And it re- it really deserves that we offer our attention and compassion to these other parts of ourselves. Right.
0: Don't you think it can also be, let's say, as a young adult, like these things happen do you think it's still when you're saying like little child and of course a lot of things happen during childhood but what about the things that happen when you're same. older
3: same it's the same yeah yeah it's the same i mean listen the childhood stuff only perpetuates what's happening in the in the adult my mm-hmm. right. experience and right. many people may be like you know my childhood was perfect but then when I was 20 I had this horrible experience mm-hmm. and that could be enough so yes it can, it can happen along the way typically I think that people have these traumatic events as children mm-hmm. and then when they have other traumatic events as adults they don't have the ability to process them because they live in such a fight-flight response mm-hmm. and so it's almost like a re-traumatization of that experience initially right
2: I agree. Those of us who are (laughs)
3: addicts are really traumatized people. Right. You know, anyone who's an addict is really just a very traumatized person yeah. because you're someone who has had to rely on a firefighter Mm -hmm. to push down that pain. Yep. Oof.
2: I think that that's it. I, I really do. The only thing to this day when I'm in those moments of fight or flight or trauma or limiting beliefs or any of that is to immediately move inside to those small versions of me. And now that I'm a mom, it's become so much more natural that I can say, how would you talk to your kid if they were saying this? That's right. You wouldn't say, that's wrong. That's not right. Believe something new. You'd say, oh my gosh, baby, I hear you. And I love you. And it's okay that you feel like that. And I'm not going anywhere. And to literally turn and give that to myself when I'm in fear or insecurity Mm -hmm. or doubt or any of those things, to go to those parts and be like, it's okay that you feel like that. I'm here. So you
3: have a lot of access to self. Yeah, You've done a lot of work, right? You've got a lot of long-term recovery. You've done a lot of therapy. You've obviously devoted your career to this. So you have a tremendous amount of access to self and that awareness of, oh, wait, I wouldn't speak to my child like this. What would the mother in me say? Mm. And how can she relate that? Most people walking out there in the world, 99% of the time, they live in their parts right? They live from manager to manager. You know, they're like, let me control that so that I can then deal with that so that I can then, you know, keep up with that. And the anxiety is a manager and overeating as a manager and controlling perfectionism, you know, even good qualities. Like, like I love my managers, you know, my controlling manager wrote 10 books in 13 <laughs> years, right? Like yeah. she's done a good job, she's a but beast. now that she's, <laughs> she's a beast, but now that she's not in such an extreme role, she can do it with more ease. Wow, yeah. and She doesn't have to like bulldoze across everybody while she's doing it. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to like, and it can have more success because she can allow it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I have another question for you since
0: I have you here. Yeah, we're so lucky. <laughs> I, I hope
3: to come back. I literally want to be best friends with you guys. No, so we I are. To come back.
2: This is done. This is a done deal. Yeah. Here. From day one, <laughs> I was like, day one, I was like, she's my people. And like, really quick, when you said, like, oh, and I used to be like, oh, I dress cool and this, that's what helped me at that age. Yeah. I needed someone who looked cool. I needed right. that. Right. Anyway, go
0: on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. So, I just, this like is blows my mind how you can have trauma, right? And you have P- PTSD and your muscles store this memory. And like, I'll have something that activates me or triggers me. And instantly my physical body goes into this crazy, can't eat, can't sit upright. I, my stomach's in pain. Like it automatically transports me there. And I I feel that I have no control over it. Because my mind might be like, what are you doing? Like, you're okay. This isn't really happening to you. This isn't the same thing, but my body goes into it so hardcore. I feel helpless and can't control it. I don't know what to do with that. What do I do? (laughs) (laughs) There's a whole chapter in self-help.
3: There's a whole chapter in self-help called body parts. Okay. Mm. So we have a psychosomatic response to triggers. Uh, I write a lot about the work of someone, a man called Dr. John Sarno, who wrote a book called Healing Back Pain, or um, he also wrote the Mind Body Prescription. And the whole thesis is that our physical conditions are a response to our psychosomatic unhealed wounds. Mm. So rage, Mm -hmm. trauma, repressed anger. And so when you get triggered and you go into that physical, that physicality, one part is that, yes... That is a protection mechanism. So when you go into fight, flight, or freeze, or in your case, you know, physically turning over. In my case, complete dissociation, like completely check out, like go somewhere else. Right? These are protection mechanisms. This is the brain and the body's way of saying too much, too too strong, too hardcore. Like shut that shit down. So just like picking up a drink is a protector, your body can be a protector, and so what would i say to you the same thing i would say the way you would express to your to these other parts the process i'm writing about is a truncated version of ifs and it's called the check-in process so in that moment you would first step is to choose to check in hmm. to have enough awareness that you don't have to get lost in this but you have a choice remembering that choice choose to check in The second step is to become curious about what's happening inside. So start asking the physical part, like if it's your stomach or whatever, you can say, you know, is it tight? Does it, is is there pain? What does it feel like? Like describe yourself to me, start talking to it internally. Mm -hmm. Describe yourself to me. How old are you? How long have you been around? Do you have a gender? Do you have, you know, do you have a thought that you want, that you're attached to? Be curious. Mm. Offer up that curiosity questions, as many as you need to. And once you start to open up that curiosity and you start to feel a little bit more connection to the inside and that awareness, the final step is to compassionately connect. And that's when you would say to that physicality inside of you, what do you need right now? Mm. And what you'll hear often is, I need to rest. I need to play. I need to write. I need to sleep. I need to, you know, often childlike things. I need to create. And this three step process is a very truncated version of what IFS would do in a therapy session. And, and it's for me, just the intention is to really help people start to connect inward rather than fall prey to the, the momentum of the manager, mm-hmm. right? So that manager for you is, oh my God, that feels too big. So boom, I have stomach pain Mm -hmm. or, you know, or in somebody else's case, the manager feels too big. Boom. I got to go pick up a drink, whatever it might be with different ways of, of managing the feeling Mm -hmm. or a cookie (laughs) (laughs) or a cookie yeah or a cookie or a cookie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And when you, when you have that, what is the first thing you do when you experience that? When I experience. No, I was asking Rachel, Rachel, like what is the first thing she goes to when you feel
3: that I text you? <laughs> well, that's beautiful because yeah, it gets that you out is, of it. that's actually, that's actually also a reflection of your self energy, right? Mm-hmm. So the self energy within you, instead of saying, Rachel, go self-sabotage or go eat cookies or mm-hmm. go, you know, mm-hmm. hate yourself. You're like, wait, I have choice Mm -hmm. and I have connection. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to lean into that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's beautiful. It is. And some of these things for Rachel, it's amazing because we've known each other basically our whole lives. And the things that I felt like I had to work so hard to learn, whether it's manifesting or all this stuff, I had to go through a lot of pain to get. Rachel did have a very, from day one, a very natural way of attracting and dealing with. And you weren't a self sabotager and you didn't harm your body and all of these things. Like your natural instincts are really good. <laughs> they are. Like she's been yeah. and and I don't know if it's from your mom being so enlightened and you growing up with that that it just being second nature to love yourself in those ways. Mm-hmm. But I do think that you're really blessed that your natural instincts usually pull you towards It's so interesting
0: because I've had certain toxic people in my life that'll be like, you're just in a bubble. Like you just don't, you know, and like really talk down to and things like that where I'm like, am I? Or am I just like kind of positively going through this thing, you know? Yeah. So it's interesting that you can have certain people that try to
3: dim it. So the other thing I wanted to ask though with Rachel would be when you were growing up, Yeah. Did you feel relatively safe? I would say, yeah,
0: I think I felt safe. You know, my parents split up when I was young, but I
3: never, yeah, I never felt unsafe. I think that's a testament to your super attractor power because- Mm -hmm when we grow up feeling like we have even one strong attachment figure and in your case maybe it was both your parents maybe it was your mom we've obviously gleaned that it is your mom for mm-hmm. sure in one way and having that strong attachment figure and having that sense of safety it's everything right it's everything and yeah. so having that does set you up it doesn't mean that you don't experience trauma it doesn't mean right. that you don't have adversity it doesn't mean any of that but it does mean that when you do experience trauma mm-hmm. or you experience adversity you have a safer sense of yourself Mm. I think and you have a place to and you have a place to go with it
0: it's so funny because my mom my whole life is like you're divinely protected right like I remember going camping with like a boyfriend and like a bunch of people and we heard bears and everyone was so scared I'm like I'm divinely protected like that bears not (laughs) yeah yeah okay so okay
3: there's our answer there is our answer um yes that's our answer right there that's true you know yeah yeah. 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 I That's mean, it. I got That's made fun insane.
0: of a lot for, they're like, you're, you're insane, but I'm like,
3: am I, or am I just it's not really? going to be no, no. By a bear? <laughs> well, well, let's talk about, let's talk about belief systems, right? Um, that is the answer. If you were brought up with a mother who repeatedly told you, you were divinely protected. And not only told you that made you feel that you were divinely protected. You were hooked up, sister. And you were gifted <laughs> yeah. with a beautiful setup, right? So that when you would face adversity, you would know you had a safe place to go and you had a belief system that you could move through it. And so those of us who may not have had that privilege have had just a lot more undoing to do. Mm. And we have—we we all have that Rachel in us, right? That belief and that faith and that super attractor power, but our access to it was blocked because we had so much trauma, unresolved wounds in the way, but that doesn't mean that we can't commit our life to undoing those wounds and getting back to our Rachel. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's beautiful. I mean, I do, I try with my own daughter, you know, and as a mother, even the littlest things, like if she freaks out that there's a bee and I'm just standing there and the bee's on me and I'm like, it's not gonna do anything, you know, it doesn't wanna yeah. hurt me. It's not, you know what I mean? And like setting these examples, even if it's like something so seems so minor, you know, and like she's not we have the biggest spider I've ever seen in my life. Like, right. And I'm like, Briar, come check this out. It's like the coolest spider I've ever seen. And she just appreciates right. it. And like, you right. know, the little things, but just I know you <laughs> <laughs> she's not down for the insects, no. but It's just like those examples, but you're right. And I've never really thought about it, but that's exactly how my mom raised me. And I think that has to definitely, you know, plays into why I'm in a bubble, so to speak. Well,
2: you also (laughs) watched it modeled to you because her mom did see a lot of adversity and went through a lot of pain and a lot of trauma and healed breast cancer and went on her journeys. And so Rachel grew up watching someone living in self-love and doing all of the things. So those things were handed to her in a way where I think you nailed it. Like for me, when I went through the 12 steps, I didn't even know this going in, but my biggest issue in life was safety, that I never felt safe. And so it's like when you have your foundation of life built on safety, it's the most we can do as mothers for our children is give them that kind of safety.
3: Right, right. Yes. Help them feel the four S's, as um, Dan Siegel would say, feel seen, safe, soothed, and secure. That's wow. it. That's, yeah. Winning. Yeah. that's winning. Yeah. That's everything. That's winning. And when we're done with this, I want you to call your mom and be like, Mom, <laughs> I'm going to. Thank you for fucking hooking me up in this lifetime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's the
2: quote. No. I want your you. mom to write a book. She should write a book. I know. Yeah. She has a lot of good. Good She's things. an angel. She's a person who, I mean, I went to her when I was, how old was I? I don't know, I don't 19 know. years yeah, old? probably. And she became my counselor and she got me on my path because I grew up with alcoholic parents. So I was like, help. <laughs> and Rachel's like, I really think my mom can help you.
3: Yeah. And she yeah. did. Wow. She changed my whole entire life. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Let's dedicate this episode to your mom. Yeah.
0: <laughs> She'll be thrilled. She will be thrilled. She, she be deserves thrilled. it. She does. She does. Yeah. No, I have a whole new appreciation and gratitude just from this conversation realizing, oh, shit. She hooked me She up. hooked me up. <laughs> she really did. Yeah.
3: She yeah. really did. Yeah.
0: Oh, this has just been, I mean, so cool. And I can't wait. I'm definitely downloading your app immediately. Like, Same.
3: I'm going to give it to you. I'll get, I'll get you. Right. No, <laughs> You're going to pick us up. I'll get you but no, but but everybody listening can go try it for free. I mean, it's a seven-day free trial. So if you want to go practice that Ride the Waves meditation for seven days for free or take the seven-day onboarding journey that I put them on, which is like really epic. So just go to deargabby.com app. You can download it for free or in any app store and try it out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to do it. And- Anyone who wants to do it with us is
3: invited to. Yeah. Because. Yeah. They can start the first seven days for free. And if they're into it, they can keep going. Keep going. For sure.
0: We are all about riding that Gabby wave. Let me tell you. Yeah. And you (laughs) are now going to be
2: a part of our lives. And I can't wait to see you in
0: person. Yeah.
3: Yeah definitely getting you on speed dial yeah <laughs> you don't even need the gabby you don't even need the gabby app you can just text me um and amazing. yeah no, I, I i think you guys are beautiful thank you so you much are,
0: for this time thank you for sharing with us you and yeah. it was nice to meet you josh <laughs> yeah josh nice they say they you, say josh. Hi. hi
3: he's saying bye guys bye bye you guys <laughs> are amazing. so incredible yeah,
0: incredible thank you so much <laughs> is that a mosquito ooh. Ooh, ooh. right on your chair handle underneath the arm left arm see it what Under do you there? want me to do kill, kill it
1: smash it it's
0: right there i thought, I thought you tried. don't kill things mosquitoes, mosquitoes you can kill yeah only mosquito i didn't even kill a black widow the other night
1: that was portraits
2: why i took it outside you guys there's so many things we have to get right and so many things that we get wrong like not killing a black widow? Yeah, like how supposed you? Oh, you're not supposed to kill, and then you see something, and you're like, kill it. Like, how are we supposed to know all the right and wrong well, things to do in this?
1: Mosquitoes, world? you can kill.
2: Mosquitoes are okay.
1: Uh, Says
0: who? only that's the only thing I kill.
1: I'll. I won't, that's uh, the only spider that I've a, killed ants. The, black widows are the only spiders I'll kill. Usually,
0: well, they say you should, but I still, I just don't. I'm like, they're not doing anything.
2: Yeah, but people get all like high and mighty. Like, I don't kill spiders, but then you kill mosquitoes. What's the difference? Because spiders Spiders aren't aren't like really trying to. Like mosquitoes are actively
0: coming after you to bite you and cause your blood irritation. Are you sure spiders aren't? Because I feel like I get spider bites. Spiders are not out there like looking for people to bite
1: if you get a spider bite it's because it's like crawling around your bed yeah and it's, it's an accident and Cozy. it's not trying to it's
0: not trying mosquitoes are literally that is what they're doing it's really spiders don't want to bite you yeah it's bad
1: wait so it's you guys bad. are from la
0: we did not grow up with mosquitoes this I mean, was not yeah. a thing this
1: was i was sold this is like it's moved not- to la we don't have mosquitoes then uh, yeah. i was like okay Let's this was it. not No, a this has
0: been the past, what, like five years five maybe? Years? Yeah. This was, we never mm-hmm. grew up with mosquitoes. Ever. Did you know what
1: a mosquito was?
0: Yes. Yeah. We traveled. Oh, I've heard oh, of it. My, my family it. is on the East Coast in Tennessee.
1: Okay. The East Coast in Tennessee.
0: Well, Tennessee isn't the East Coast. I know. So my family was on the East Coast and Tennessee. Oh,
1: I, I said in Tennessee, <laughs> on the East Coast. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. So. No, uh-uh. this is new. It's new. It sucks.
1: Yeah. I don't like it.
2: Uh-uh. Can you go outside at your house at night?
1: Um, I go in the garage and then I shut the garage door.
2: But you can't like kick it outside, right?
1: Nope.
2: We can't. <laughs> we cannot hang out outside. <laughs> Can you? <laughs> what he doesn't want to. Win no, away? no, no. It was just like <laughs> he was
0: like. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh no! Like, he, had to, like, think about it. <laughs> he like took a few panties. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, oh! Wait, what? Oh my god!
0: you. I'm crying. I'm crying. Uh, <laughs> you
1: didn't like my nope.
0: Like, like, it's so, Rob's always so monotone. You know and he's like. He like took like a long time. You're like, so you can't hang out outside? And he's like, nope. <laughs> like, and he already knew the answer was no. <laughs> I'm, sure. I'm dying. Oh my god, I'm literally crying. I don't know if I'm going to get it back, you guys.
2: I don't know. even know oh, why shit. I'm laughing anymore.
1: All oh, I
0: right. had spicy salsa and I'm <laughs> laughing in my eye.
1: I've got a question for... Oh,
0: my God. Oh. This is terrible.
1: A question for us to answer from okay. the internet.
0: Oh, okay. okay great.
2: <laughs> so <All> mosquito? Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're done on mosquitoes, right? Okay.
2: Okay, go ahead.
1: Okay, this is coming. I, a 29-year-old female... Hate having sex with my husband. Thirty male.
2: Oh, is this someone wrote it to us?
1: No, this is uh, I think from Reddit.
2: Okay. Oh, great.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. That's where we're for taking it.
1: questions from these days. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, I generally dread being sexually intimate with him, and I feel extremely guilty about it. Mm. We have been married for a year and have never had good sex together. It never really clicked for me, and I truly think we are sexually incompatible. I fake it most of the time just to get through it. Mm -hmm. I love my husband and do not want to be with anyone else, but I am not sexually attracted to him. He's a heavy smoker, drinker, eats hearty amounts of dairy, even though he's lactose
0: intolerant. (laughs) I think that's the problem right there. And because
1: of this combination of things, his breath is extremely bad, Mm. even with gum and mouthwash. Also, because of his lifestyle choices, he regularly coughs up mucus and is constantly spitting, which repulses me. Yeah. He does not take care of himself hygienically. For example, he's not gone to the dentist in years, even though he badly needs to. I've booked him a dentist appointment for multiple visits, and he manages to miss every single one. He doesn't take care of his hair or skin. He does not wear deodorant or lotion. And... He will wear dirty, tattered, stained clothes most of the time. He has an overall disheveled look and his B.O. can be a little offensive sometimes. (laughs) He's a wonderful guy with good character and values. He's loyal, considerate, hardworking, and responsible. He's a great husband and I'm blessed.
2: You're you're not.
0: But like, here's the thing. Like, clearly he was this way before she married him, right?
1: seems Seems likely. And I wonder
0: if they did. If they didn't consummate. I
2: wonder if they didn't have sex.
0: Until oh, this they were was made.
1: a yeah.
2: You know, Back. where is she from?
1: <laughs> I did have to think that much information.
2: <laughs> I think she should divorce him. Here's the thing: if there's no kids in the picture, why would you be married to someone you're not sexually compatible with? Yeah, I mean that that's to a, me is like
1: be an, friends. Yeah, that's an important part of a relationship. Mm-hmm. For yeah, sure. and if that isn't there
2: or you could try first right or they could try first and be like hey these things are really important to me like hygiene is a massive turn on do you think you could try
1: showering try, and try deodorant?
2: Showering, putting on deodorant and maybe take it down on the dairy a little bit because i find that really attractive men who don't men who don't do
1: dairy don't. what's
0: the probability this reddit writer would hear this
1: i would say nine out of ten Fairly, I mean,
2: it, very positive. Is it on ours? Nope. No, nope. it's just a random.
1: Just a random.
2: Rob feels it brings it. up a great question. It's probably ninety-five percent chance. What are your guys' thoughts on divorce if you're not sexually compatible? Well, okay.
0: What if you're great in every other way, and you are like best friends? Maybe there's enough trust to be like I can sexually step out of the marriage. Right. That's where um. like an open
1: relationship could right. come into question right. if they've exhausted. Right. I'm not every saying that's avenue. the first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, she, maybe don't lead with that. Right. But if I I think it's Esther Perel that says that you're not supposed to find everything get everything everything from in a one partner. person. Yeah. I like, hear you that. Need to have re- you need to have different aspects being fulfilled, and you shouldn't expect that your partner is going to be able to fulfill every single one. Agree. But, but that sex...
2: But that one, that, because that's the one commitment you're saying I won't do with someone else. Well,
1: but we don't know. You know? He may be fulfilling every other box. Not her box.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I do,
0: do think it's usually like sex is sometimes what keeps people. Like... As opposed to like a healthy relationship. And I think the opposite, a healthy relationship would be way better to keep yeah. instead of dipping yeah. the sex.
1: Yeah, I've had friends say that they're in bad relationships, but the sex is really good. So right. that's why they've stayed.
2: Right. Oh, that happens all the time. But yeah. I don't necessarily feel like, I don't know, that feels like a life sentence to me that would be a really hard one to live out if there wasn't children involved.
1: I think the bigger thing is that if she can't communicate that yeah, it's an issue that's, issue, that's the bigger She's not talking flag. to him about it. But if, it. if <clears throat> that's how he is and he's trying and mm-hmm. making an effort and she's still repulsed by him, yeah, then... She I'd- needs to
2: talk to him about it. I mean, the way that person was painted, though, it sounds like they don't know how they're affecting their partner. Right. Right? Like... Also, it sounds like they're not aware that dairy can cause an abundance <laughs> of mucus if it's not. And gas. I'm and sure gas. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm sure that like, that's that's was just left part out. of it. Have, yeah. Have and you, dysbiosis. Flatulence. Have you
1: had a partner that is gassy, smelly, gassy, that you've had to say something to or, yeah. or just had to swallow and tolerate?
2: I've said something. Swallow. And tolerate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, You've I mean, I would say I do say stuff like if Jeff were to be stinky or ex boyfriends in the past weren't properly taken care. I've said something because it actually will bother me. No, it depends on the person. There's certain
1: people Have that I would feel
0: it? comfortable saying that to.
1: Have you experienced it? Sure. Sounds like it's a, a thing that women deal a lot. It like. is. Well, guys, gross men,
2: guys don't typically have the same level of hygiene as females. I don't think that's a sexist thing. I think it's true. Right? I don't think no? that's. A, I don't think you can make a general statement
0: like that. Yeah, but she's not
1: making. You're... She's well. No, because I, I know
0: statement. a lot of men that are like super hygienic. You know, I don't what think mean? she's
1: saying that there aren't hygienic men.
0: Right? I think no, she's she's
1: I like, love men men are? a hygienic <laughs> men Man, I, I think would, it's great.
0: <laughs> I love a hygienic
2: man. I really do.
1: But I think you're right. I think typically, typically. a man like isn't doing what a woman's doing. Yeah, like, they
2: have like stinkier
1: bedtime, socks. How long is like, your how long you know? is your bedtime routine?
2: Mine's very short.
1: How long is yours?
2: Like non existent.
0: Okay.
1: Well mine is short too, but Natalie's is like forty five minutes.
2: What, what does, does she, she do? do? I don't fucking know. She washes and then yeah. does the thing. Yeah. I, I definitely. I am not that person. I wash my face every night and brush my teeth. And that's pretty much the extent of my bedtime routine. Jeff seems to think it's a two hour bedtime routine, just getting in the bed <laughs> because he I. takes that long? No, he thinks I do because I like adjust the pillows and like, have to get in. And like, he's like, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like getting into bed, you know, like him, he just will pass out on top of the bed. On the covers in his clothes, in his freaking jeans, cl- in his jeans. In yeah. So that True. bothers me, and yeah. I've told him that bothers me. Like I don't want his dirty daytime clothes in your bed, in
0: my bed. I get that.
2: I get that. I'm always like, Briar, immediately take off
0: your school clothes. You're not getting in bed. You know, well, not that you would, but I don't
2: like. Dirty I don't clothes like clothes in bed. Well, I don't even like it when he re-wears a t-shirt. And his, his shirts don't smell or anything, but I'm like, I don't like that. I like a crisp shirt on a man, like a clean, crisp shirt. Sure, Jeff okay. will rewear it, and I'm like, don't. I'll wash it. Like it's gonna get washed. Yeah. Just put it in the hamper. I feel like Rob doesn't rewear shirts.
1: I, w- I wear two shirts a day usually.
2: Yeah, see, he
0: changes his shirt. Well, because I'll yeah.
1: I'll work out, and then I'll have I have a shirt for that. Right. And but then, do you uh,
2: rewear it?
1: Oh, no, it's all it's all sweaty by the end of that.
2: Yeah, that goes in the. And
1: that goes in the hamper. Yeah. So and now I'll,
2: I just throw his shirts out.
1: You throw them away. I
2: throw them in the garbage and buy. Well, it's new just ones.
1: like plain white just, t-shirts, yeah. though. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: Hmm. I get that.
1: All of my shirts have. They're all like the band shirts and stuff. So. Have you ever had that situation with a female?
2: Or a male? <laughs> Don't want to be presumptuous here.
1: Not odor. No.
0: But what? If it's not odor, what is it? Like bad breath, you mean? No. That's an odor. Yeah, that's an odor. Well, I don't know. Uh I don't think um... body odor.
1: What? <laughs> that's gross. What, so what? Sad. No, no. <laughs> it? he didn't like their cleanliness. No, no, it wasn't cleanliness. What was it? Well, it was maybe cleanliness. What was upkeep it? and upkeep.
0: upkeep. Upkeep. Oh, down there. Yeah. Ah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, well some people really like to just go all natural. Mm-hmm.
1: They oh, do. you mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I get
1: that. I was younger. I probably wouldn't have that same reaction now by mm, it.
0: Got it. That makes sense.
1: I think I was 18 at the time. And it
0: was just like massive. And it was
1: on like a friend's couch. And oh. the girl was just like Like m- my hand got stuck.
0: What? Oh, what? What do you mean? I mean, it's was like... like no. ta- in the tangles, the tangles of in the, the ta-
1: pubes? Yeah.
0: Your hand got stuck? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I have the
2: chills. <laughs> That's so embarrassing. Oh, my God. Not for you, for her. Well... Maybe her both, <laughs> or maybe she wait, was just like, "Yeah, what? baby, machete it." She's like, like "This how I what? keep them." <laughs> yeah, that's how you trap oh. a man. <laughs> wait, what? That's insanity. Yeah. I'm trying to visualize that. <laughs> <laughs> hmm.
1: It's
0: impressive. It's impressive, is what it is. I'm impressed with her.
1: Super impressive.
0: Did you know her? Like, we did you get stuck no, like awkwardly I, for like a few minutes,
1: and then I I went to sleep.
0: With your hand there?
1: No, I, like, stopped. <laughs> I, like, stopped and was like, oh, I was getting late and just went to sleep. I on. thought you went to sleep
0: just with your hand yeah.
2: stuck, stuck in the tangles. Wait a minute. So what did you do not having a big sister? So for me, like, I knew, <laughs> I knew how girls, like, groomed because I had a big sister. Like, it was taught to me. So I was really young and I knew, like. I was really young, too, because I started getting waxed, like, really young.
0: So, but, like, who told you? Who told me? Who told me?
1: Uh, your mom, probably.
0: I mean, no, my mom like not think so. She, she was
1: probably like, like You're
2: beautiful. That. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because my sister like my was first like, first You need boyfriend? to trim that.
2: Like, it maybe was like, my
0: first boyfriend. Maybe your first boyfriend was like, Maybe. I don't know. You
1: probably didn't have pubes for your first boyfriend.
2: Oh, my <laughs> God. Rob. Rob, you're getting canceled. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not getting canceled.
2: Rachel's, Rachel's first
1: boyfriend getting is.
2: Getting <laughs> I think uh, Rachel's first boyfriend's already been canceled. Oh, um, well,
0: yeah. He's in
1: jail.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Do women have a preference? Does it really matter for guy? Let me a guy? say this.
0: I will say this. It depends on the guy. Now, that might sound weird, but I think it does. And I don't know how to explain it.
1: Go on. You're have Do to try. Do you understand try. what I I'm saying? I know Can exactly you
0: what it? you're
2: saying. Please, because I don't know how to explain it. It's just like the right texture on the right person, right? So it's so like it's just, a fair amount, like a person that doesn't give a like
0: fuck and like they're whatever, an but it's like a thing. And if they are like not well kept, it doesn't matter,
2: right? But then someone else, you might be like, mm,
1: seems more sloppy,
2: seems more doesn't unattractive, you know? I think it depends on the person. Is it,
1: it the, the like amount of hair, or it's totally persona I think and it's persona. confidence I don't with know.
2: it? because then if you
0: let me just say something it's personality if you just hook up with a guy for the first time this is a general statement okay
1: you don't want to name any specific
0: (laughs) no i'm saying generally speaking (laughs) a girl first date whatever they're fully fucking trimmed and like kept that's shady that's either one they assume they were gonna fucking get laid on the first date or Mm -hmm. two they're always well kept because that's what they're doing because they're they're always getting laid yeah and that's Hot. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: but but I'm throwback just, you to know a couple I mean, episodes it is, ago. It
2: depends on the person because there's some people. There's like, some okay. people that anticipate getting laid, right? So and they keep fine. they keep their shit tight. Right.
1: But it's I a turn on. That, that's bad. It's a turn on for you that they aren't expecting. No, I'm not to... saying that
0: either. I'm just saying generally that that could be looked at as like, huh. Like maybe a, a split second of like... Red flag. Interesting.
2: It, so I remember a friend
0: More of mine that
2: <laughs> said that she... Her husband was going away for a work trip. And that she went into the bathroom and she saw that he was like manscaping. And she was like, now oh, why a would work you trip? be doing that
0: hmm.
2: to leave? Would that alarm you? Or that would be you... weird. But what if... Wouldn't you, if you were going on a work trip...
1: Where are you going? Wouldn't to you still your shave trip?
2: your legs if that's the way it feels good to you, like to be clean and like well kept? Well,
1: I'm sure he isn't always doing it. If it was, right. if, it if raised, he's shaving if it, it raised, as often as you're shaving your legs, yeah, then right. That wouldn't well, be it did raise flag.
2: a flag for her, and she was like, Why are you doing that if you're going on a work trip? And he's like, I just like to feel clean, and when like I'm that's how I like.
1: When I'm having sexual prostitutes like to fuck
2: my hookers, okay? <laughs> yeah. But no. So would that make you feel weird if it's not a regular thing for him and he but was what going if it is regular? Trip, what if it is regular? Like he
0: always does it? Like then it's to not me, weird. To me,
2: it's it would be regular. Like in my relationship, it wouldn't alarm me. You know what I mean? I'd be like, he's just he's just cleaning up. Like he's shaving the back of his neck when he goes to work because he shaves the back of his neck. Right. You know?
0: But it's also Jeff. Like it depends on the
2: person. Right.
0: Like I would never think if Jeff
2: was doing that before a work trip that Jeff
0: was going to like be shady. You know what I mean? Like I would be like, oh, he's just whatever.
2: Oh, I don't know.
0: That's a tough one. It's kind of tough, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I get to a point where I'll, even if I'm, it's not like I'm, you know, doing anything. I'll be like, oh, I gotta like clean so up. But that's what I'm saying. So yeah, yeah, but I, I think for some people, un- it's just like a un- natural,
2: like a part of their. But hygiene. what you're saying
0: sounds like it's not part of the norm. And he was going on a work trip, and he decided was mowing the lawn. Yeah, yeah, the
1: fact that it was even alarming means that it's.
0: Yeah, it's out of the norm. Out of the norm. You look really pretty. Thank you. You're welcome. That's really sweet. Yeah, I'm sweet sometimes. Rob, sometimes not so much.
1: Sometimes. It depends on. <laughs> depends on the mood. Depends on things. Are they and, and the person. Shoot?
0: Are they what? new? Ish. Yeah. I wear, they're my, that I play tennis in. Those are your active gear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've been playing tennis now, guys. I'm proud yeah. of you. Mm-hmm. I was dying this morning and I don't know because I haven't been sleeping well, but I was like <gasps> <laughs> dying. How's your partner? Who's My partner. Oh, I'm doing. There's a couple. (laughs) No, there's a couple um, of my friends that are other moms from school. Oh, there's two. Yeah, but today it was just it was Julie and I today. Last week it was Terry and I. Sometimes it'll probably be all three of us.
1: You have an instructor, and
0: there's an instructor who also teaches our kids. It's very cute. cute. Are they good, Julie and Terry? We're all kind of on par. Okay, I would say like Julie's been taking more lessons. Let's rank. Terry's just more
2: athletic by nature. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'm the worst. (laughs) Who's (laughs) most attractive?
0: (laughs) Hudson. No, I'm just kidding.
2: (laughs) Do you guys ever play that game with each other? What? Like who do you find more attractive game? Of your friends? Mm -hmm. What do you mean?
1: Of other men? Of all people.
2: She
0: does this all the time to Jeff. I think we've talked about this. Yeah. She'll be like... Who do you think is the most attractive? Of I love your it. Friends? It's so fun. Who did you think was the prettiest at that dinner?
1: I mean, I don't think I'm a good person to ask. Cause my f- yeah, my friends don't, but maybe
2: your friends don't what?
1: Don't play that game.
2: Mm. It's so boring, not playing that game. Do you play it with Natalie?
1: Well, sometimes, like if we're watching something.
2: Does mm. she get curious, like who you find attractive?
1: I think she knows.
2: How does she know?
1: Because she married to we've you. We've said, we've said, like she who's knows your celebrity? Like
0: who's your free? Who would be your free pass?
1: My free. We don't, we don't call it free pass.
0: Whatever the
2: fuck you call it. Oh, I have a good story. After okay, this. okay. First, answer that, Rob. Um, what if Rob just like was like fucking Megan Fox? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Rachel McAdams.
2: Oh, she's oh,
0: I, mean, I
1: like. She's both I like I, well, I like. I love both. Rachel both McAdams though. but, but not a current. Oh, oh, you like her. Not I, when Kurt, I was younger.
0: Like the notebook, you were like, I yeah, love you big too. Big notebook.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know.
2: Okay. So you like them a little wholesome. Mm, I don't know that those are all wholesome. Well, Rachel McAdams yeah. is like wholesome vibes.
1: Now they tell me it's like pale, uh, uh. like European women, which is the exact
2: opposite of Yeah, Natalie. she tells
1: me that I, she is not the type. Mm. that I normally am attracted to.
2: Interesting. Hmm. What was your story? You know, Joshua Wolf, the comedian? No, no. Very funny. He's like, he's like, my wife asked me like who my hall pass was. And I was like, well, you got to go first. Tell me who yours is. And she's like, Brad Pitt. And he's like, you can't go wrong. Like Brad Pitt and 12 monkeys, Brad Pitt and snatch. Like, Great choice. She's like, "Who's yours?" He's like, "Janet next door." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, so your story was just a stand-up comedian's joke?
2: It's great. I died. It'd I thought this great. was like a He's like, story I I know, too. He's like, "I think after a bottle of wine, it might happen." <laughs> I love that. That's like I, the I other loved it. episode the other week when you said the ex <laughs> and died. died, died. It was just a comedian's joke. I know. Well, you know, good artists take, great artists steal. Oh. I thought that was fucking funny, though. That is really funny. funny. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you've told us that before. Actually. I just saw it, like yesterday. Oh, yeah. I've thought it because I'm a genius. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> See, I want to fuck Janet. I want to fuck Janet. <laughs>
0: oh, my God. Oh,
2: man! I don't have really any, you guys,
0: because I don't do that game. Oh, we play that game we play that game? Yeah, I'll make you rank our friends. Oh.
1: <laughs> All right, you gotta... what's? Who are your hall passes?
0: I don't need a hall pass. I have a fucking... <laughs> I, are, who, I, I have... I can, have for the free. world is who's, my oyster.
1: Who's your, like, dream wish list, then?
0: No, I don't have one. I actually don't. I mean, I had one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I got him.
1: <laughs> when you were younger?
0: When I was younger... Who are, like, my biggest...
2: We just did this. You like you liked Eddie for long. Oh, we talked like that. That was like a kid. That's young, young.
0: That's different.
1: There's no one recent that's like Idris Elba. Like there's unattainable <laughs> men, like Brad Pitt.
0: I mean,
2: of course
1: I would yeah. go for
0: Brad Pitt.
1: Sure.
2: <laughs> Who wouldn't? You'd go for Brad Pitt. <laughs> would you? No. <laughs> you wouldn't even give him a handy. No. Oh. Uh, no. <laughs> I would Olivia would she'd be like nice to meet you I would let Jeff yeah I get it you know I if, would be like you can not you can yeah
1: if Brad Pitt came on to you yes I would at a restaurant tonight like we're yeah. at J- the dinner for this would, would you need to get permission from Jeff first or would you just go for it
2: here's the problem I think that he would leave me
1: Jeff would leave you if he did that
2: with Brad Pitt? I think so. Hmm. I got to get this in writing, like this hall pass thing.
0: It's Brad Pitt. When does Brad Pitt like age out? Like, when he's, can he stop going to? saying Brad Pitt? I don't
1: think he, yeah, Never. No, he will.
0: Never. How does
2: it feel though to be Brad Pitt? Like, asking. knowing. Let's have him on. Like, <laughs> knowing that you are everybody's number one. That's yeah. such a weird feeling. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, and he's got that condition where he. um, What? What? This is gonna sound made up. It's Uh, real. This is real. Where he doesn't recognize faces. Like.
0: Oh yeah, I've heard this before. Yeah, my friend David
1: has it too. Where like, he said if out of context, his mom was walking down the street, he wouldn't recognize her face. What? He's got like a face, a face blindness. Essentially. And I've I've tested my friend David on it. Where like, I
2: don't understand what you mean.
1: Faces don't, he doesn't remember faces. He's got facial blindness. Like there's other indicators that he can recognize on someone. If in context he knows I'm going to meet Rob, he'll look for a hat. He knows generally how tall I am. But if we're just 200 people or in New York walking down the street and he, he saw my face, be. he wouldn't know it.
2: So if he were to so there's probably people out there that. that slept with him and then he sees them and he's like
0: You're,
1: Yeah, yeah. I, there's no way he's clocking.
2: That's a pretty good thing to claim though.
0: What? Yeah, I mean like he's having to meet you.
1: he's having to meet that yeah, many people. I,
0: I, I it's, it's, I a it's a condition.
1: <laughs> it's a real yeah. but I'm telling you, I've tested my friend and it's a real, it's a real thing. Or like we've I've been going to meet him yeah. and I'll see him across the street yeah. and I'll be like, "Well, I'm going to go walk towards him and see" if he and notices and I will, I'll walk right by him or he was at Maru once when they were still doing the pickup window and he went to go get his drink and I like walked up and was like excuse me that's mine that's and, really funny and he, he got like I mean he knows pretty quickly afterwards and realizes that I'm fucking with him but <laughs> he was caught off guard
2: you know what? That's good to hear. Maybe it can make me have a little bit more compassion for people because that's one of my biggest pet peeves is, like, if I've met someone a certain amount of times and they act like they've never met me, I, like, write them off. I'm like, we've met, like, seven times. Like, well, that's
1: triggering uh, insecurity of yours.
2: Not necessarily. It To me, it's especially in the, like, spiritual world of, like, people that claim to be, like, really evolved and conscious Mm. and all of this. And then I meet them like over and over and over and they act like they don't know who I am. And it's like, we've, we've broken bread together many times. So I've felt like to me, it's like, you're not as conscious as you claim because you're not even being present enough to take in the people that are in your experience.
1: Right. You're seeing that as a a hypocritical action.
2: find Kind of find it phony. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but now I'm like, what if they have that facial recognition thing? It. Where's the call? It? I call, I call them Pitt. out. Like, I will never be like, "Oh, nice to meet you," and do it again. I'll be like, "We've met." It's like
1: <laughs> aggressively, like that.
2: It's I'm th- see what I do when I
0: meet people because my memory's so bad. I will always say, "Nice to see you," just in case I've met them before.
1: Well, I've I've said this. I have like the opposite facial thing where I'll recognize someone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It Me happened too. last week where I was at that chain dinner, mm-hmm. and there was some like,
0: how was the fucking sandwich?
1: It was it was ridiculous, <sighs> and the talk the tacos were even better. Damn, mm-hmm. uh, there was some guy there that I was like, I think I know that guy, and I like met him six years ago once, and that yeah. was it, and it was him. <laughs> Went up and said hi to him, and. I was like you're Matt, right? <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was Matt. It was Matt,
2: <laughs> but I think it also depends on how many people you're talking to and meeting on a daily basis. That yeah, I've well, noticed, like doing this, I'll have conversations with people, and I'm like, I don't know if I've said this before because, because you're saying things all the we time, talk
1: yeah. so much. But meeting, I mean, Brad, I th- would imagine that's the case that he's meeting a thousand so people many. a day. Yeah. I met him have
0: you yeah yeah you did you did He had a lot of bracelets on
1: where like did you that. meet him
0: <laughs> we met him at a thing. <laughs> okay yeah
2: anyways
1: but he's everywhere he goes he's meeting everyone in the room is looking at him he's right. meeting that many people every day
2: i'm more i'm more forgiving of that though then my so, my thing is else. more names than faces
0: i have yeah, a hard bad, time with names i'm bad
1: with names too
2: terrible but I try and say, like, we met. What was your name again? I'm not going to, like, pretend I know it. That's good.
0: That's a good I'll quality. Just like, I'm,
2: and I'm with you all the time, so she has to do the hard do you work. And then
0: I can guy. be like, yeah, Olivia, yes! this Janet. is. Janet. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. Janet from next door. Next door. Rachel, you <laughs> fucked her. <laughs> well. Sorry. Cool. Stop me. So I think that what we've covered here. Mm-hmm. Not only do you want to do
1: like a recap?
0: Does it pertain to our beautiful conversation with Gabby? <laughs> oh well,
1: you, guys really into, you guys did get into you uh, guys did get into pubic hair a lot oh in this conversation. God.
2: First of all, wait, can we just say that Gabby we love so much? Oh my god! And she's, she's actually incredible. going to be part of our life now. Yeah, maybe she deal? won't if she listens to, to the the this post, whole but... thing. <laughs> But then we'll know if she's really supposed to be in our life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, we like to test our rider dice. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy. Okay. All right. right Annie see- Hauser. See you next week. Bye.
2: Bye. <laughs>